Bienvenue sur Runway Series, le podcast d'Upcoming VC, la plateforme d'éducation au Venture Capital à destination des entrepreneurs, mais aussi des aspirants VC souhaitant comprendre les méthodes appliquées par les Venture Capitalistes lors de leur décision d'investissement ou non dans une startup. Je suis Raphaël Grieco, fondateur d'Upcoming VC, et dans ce podcast, nous accueillons des entrepreneurs, des investisseurs, mais aussi des aspirants VC qui partageront avec nous, lors de formats courts, leurs expériences, conseils et leur vision de la relation entrepreneur-investisseur. Hi everyone, uh, today we are very glad to welcome Oscar Tempaka, who is CEO at Wave Ventures. Hi Oscar, how are you Hi, thanks for having me, I'm great. Uh, so, um, you are the CEO of uh, Wave Ventures, uh, which is a student-run uh, venture fund based in Helsinki, but also Stockholm and Lund in, uh, in Sweden. Mm -hmm. um, can you maybe um, first uh, explain what is a student-run venture fund and uh, what is Wave Ventures, actually? Yes, definitely. So, Wave Ventures was founded in 2017 as the first student-run VC fund in the Nordics. Uh, off an idea that had already been tested out in the States where there were a few student-led funds connected to universities. And when here in Helsinki, we had a very thriving startup ecosystem that was very much student-run uh, in many parts with, with organizations such as Slush. Um, a young student at uh, who was studying industrial engineering at the Aalto University realized that, hey, well, one missing part of this whole ecosystem is a VC fund run by students. We have a lot of other other organizations, so maybe we should put that up. And he managed to gather together a bunch of other like-minded people who were interested in the field of startups, startup investing, and that field in general. And they started speaking to entrepreneurs, investors, other experienced people in this field within Finland about the idea. And it, it kind of just took off that, hey, this is a great idea, bringing some new perspective into the field of VC. And that's where the story began at the beginning of 2017. And what, what a student run VC fund is at its core is in, instead of having uh, a typical fund with different levels of analysts, associates, partners, we only have a team of students who take care of everything from deal sourcing to the actual final decision making. So all different levels in a company are handled by student partners, uh, which we have a total of eight uh, with Wave Ventures at the moment. So the idea is to operate as a talent accelerator for students to get into a very um, Uh, to get into a role with lots of responsibilities and to provide an extremely steep learning curve for students and at the same time bring a completely different player into the world of VC. So providing startups with the option to to take in an investor with a completely different perspective to the world of venture capital. Okay, very clear, got it. Um, maybe before um, going deeper into the, the story of uh, Wave Ventures and uh, what uh, the purpose is uh, a bit more in detail, maybe you can give us a bit of uh, context about you Um, so you are a student, but you are also an entrepreneur and now an investor at Wave Ventures. Yep. Can you uh, elaborate uh, on your background? Uh, what have you been doing so far as an entrepreneur as well? 
uh, and uh, what you're looking for uh, at uh, Wave Venture, because uh, from what I understand, it's um, kind of a talent acceleration to mm -hmm. maybe to become an investor. So mm -hmm. where is going to be the balance for you between uh, what you want to achieve as a, an entrepreneur with your, mm -hmm. uh, with your current ventures and uh, what you want to achieve as an investor? Can you maybe elaborate a bit on, on that score? Yeah, definitely. Like you mentioned, I'm wearing quite a few hats at the moment right now, as are most of our management team, as we are a student run fund. Um, the operations of the VC are in, in some way part time as everybody is conducting studies on the side. And a bit on myself, I started studying at the Turku School of Economics. Uh, I'm majoring in information system sciences here in Finland. Uh, and through that path, I started on a more typical business student path. I started working in banking uh, a while here in Helsinki, Finland. And then I also worked for Nordea Private Banking in Luxembourg for a while, kind of got to see that very corporate world, a pretty, pretty bureaucratic organization. Uh, from there, I shifted my own focus to more of the tech side, and I actually started working for Google in Helsinki. Uh, I entered there for six months as an analytical consultant, and during that time, got very interested in the field of marketing and media itself. Uh, I've always had this burn and desire to become an entrepreneur. So during those times there, I was working a lot with um, YouTube and different YouTubers. And on top of that, we founded a small media agency where we represent um, social media stars, influencers here within Finland and help them monetize their content. So those have, that has been more of like an evening and weekend job for me, uh, building a side, side hustle, uh, as you say. Um, To, to monetize influencer content. So experimenting with entrepreneurship on that side and then working with Google in, in a very interesting environment. And it was during those times where I was approached by the founding team of Wave Ventures about this opportunity to hop into a team of students investing into early stage startups. And I, I kind of had like two paths on my table, uh, as many people do when, when they're presented with lots of opportunities, when you're kind of nearing the end of your studies, you think that, okay, what am I going to do next? So my options were that, okay, am I going to continue on to, on this like more corporate path, trying to climb the ladder there? Or would I want to do something very uh, much related to entrepreneurship, go full-time into my own company, or then with this new opportunity to join Wave Ventures and start investing into startups? And, and then taking the two more entrepreneurial-focused uh, options there, I decided that, okay, if I start as an entrepreneur now, uh, I will have like close to zero experience. I don't know what the most common mistakes, I don't know what the best practices are in that field. And then with Wave Ventures, I saw that, well, hey, this is a position where I would be have like a lot of responsibility. I would like have to learn the arts of startups, have to learn what a good startup looks like to maybe be able to make good investments. So the opportunity to get to see hundreds of companies uh, throughout like a two-year tenure would give me as a partner in the fund of Wave Ventures so much more to take for myself once this tenure is over to start my own company because I've been able to see what are the most common pitfalls that founders fall into, what are the best practices and what you really need to take into account when like getting your business up and running and then preparing to scale it. Maybe now coming back on, um, on Wave Venture because that's uh, also the, the focus of uh, the talk today, but it was uh, very important to understand uh, where you are coming from to, to, 
to, to, to see where you're going to. So mm -hmm. now uh, coming back on the way venture story, um, can you elaborate uh, on the convictions that uh, you have as a team at uh, Wave Ventures? Uh, what is the investment thesis in terms of uh, sector, in terms of uh, maturity, uh, in terms of geography as well? Uh, what do you invest and uh, why do you decide to invest in uh, that particular uh, domains that you're going to explain to us? Yeah, definitely. So we are a very early stage fund. Uh, we're a pre-seed VC. We have a total of 1.5 million euros of assets under management. And from that fund, we make our, our average, average investment size is 50,000 euros. So that's a very early stage investment. It falls into like angel rounds and then pre-seed rounds uh, where we can participate in both. And angel rounds are more of a lead investor and then the pre-seed or early seed rounds. Uh, we're mainly a co-investor with other uh, larger VCs there. And what we focus on is we're a Nordic fund with teams in Helsinki and then Stockholm and Lund. Um, we are very active in both Finland and Sweden, but our investment thesis allows us to invest throughout the Nordics and Baltics as well. So we get deal flow from all of these countries and always consider investment opportunities uh, everywhere throughout the Nordics and Baltics. And when we um, dive deeper, um, that was the geogra geographical focus. And then we look at the investment thesis on what we're actually looking for in companies. The thesis is very much derived from us being a student-run fund and how that differentiates us from other players. So the average age of a partner in our fund is actually 24. So it's um, a lot lower than, than an average age in a, in a typical VC fund. So our investment thesis is twofold. Um, related to us being millennials and young, we focus a lot on millennial ventures. So people focusing on creating solutions for problems that are like very relevant to our generation, the younger generation, and building products along uh, sectors and industries that are like very near to us and, and things that we have grown up around. So I say problems very, very relevant to our generation have things to do with um, uh, climate change, um, creating sustainable solutions, um, um, sharing economy, and everything you have around that, uh, what, what is very much in the focus for the younger generations. And also, when you take what is very relevant to us as youngsters, things that we've grown up with is ventures in the field of social media. And, and general social e-commerce and anything that's happening in that field that we feel that we might have a slight advantage of understanding compared to people who have who might have not uh, grown up in this direct with with the same period there and um, the second part of our investment thesis is related to the fact that we are a student-run fund as we're very much tied to the university ecosystem so we focus strongly on young founders and university research um, the young founders part comes from the fact that we are not super experienced fund managers we're also in this to learn and to get a very broad um, exposure to different industries experience and and so on so with young founders we can provide very concrete value add as investors without that strong industry expertise in the sense that we can help them set up the company we can help them with their first employment contracts with their first deals we can help them set up their recruiting processes we can help them navigate through the most common potholes that you fall into and help them set the company up for follow-on funding with the experience that we have uh, from helping other companies and witnessing how all of this happens. 
And then the university research part, which is very strong in Finland, lots uh, most universities have really strong research departments. We work very closely with them to follow the cases that are being developed, the research that is being done. And once they start com- commercializing these projects, we'll be there to analyze whether these would be uh, cases that would be worth funding as a VC. Okay, got it. So most of your deal flow comes from a partnership that uh, you have built with the universities across the Nordics, right? I would say on the research side, yes. Um, but otherwise, it comes more from outside of the core universities and more from the the startup hubs. Something like, for, for example, in Finland, everything built around Aalto Entrepreneurship Society where Slush was born, for example. So this ecosystem that is like connected to the university yes in a way but on its own it's is is an like different entity so everything around all the entrepreneurship society and slush and the connections through that bring bring more deal flow why would a company come to uh, to you and uh, knock on your door to to ask for for, for funds uh, how do you make yourself self visible um, what's going to be uh, the argument and uh, the story that you would put forward to to lure um, entrepreneurs to to come to you and uh, engage with you uh, for uh, for funding yeah That's a good question. Um, we are on the very grassroots level of operations. As students ourselves, we are physically on the university campuses and very much interacting with these student entrepreneurs who are starting to build companies, and other entrepreneurs within this ecosystem that are starting to build things. So we are we are present. And what what one of our main missions is is to lower the threshold to entrepreneurship. And by doing that, we also like low we're lowering the threshold to come speak to us as an investor. We want to be positioned so that there is no pressure in coming to talk to a VC. Because uh, taking our investment sizes, we're kind of between angel investors and more more bigger VCs. So we want to be there bridging the gap, kind of being able to spar founders with, okay, when you come talk to an investor, it's not just a one you only have one opportunity and if you make a mistake then you're done you can never raise funding you want to be there to help the founders actually develop their pitch decks develop their business ideas and grab them by the hand and actually help them through this whole funding process so in addition to just being an investor um, having people knock on our door and telling them if we would invest or not we will take them and kind of nurture uh, the process of building a fundable company and trying to help them with kind of like an accelerator mentality to some sense. And this is why we also feel that founders come speak to us because it is quite a different approach having eight partners in total uh, who all have very different perspectives to what they're looking at. And and due to our operating model as being student run, we're able to provide very, very hands-on support at the early stages because we're also in this to learn with the with the massive learning curve that we're reaching for. So we put everything we have from our own experience, our short careers behind us to helping the company, even in operational work and sitting at their office and getting things set up, putting up the recruitment processes and so forth. So, but the main, the main value add there is the, broad variety of perspectives that we're able to provide at a partner level in our fund with with a high headcount, A partners uh, being able to contribute to the company and giving that millennial perspective uh, that many other funds do not have at this stage yet. Um, can you maybe drive us uh, into the selection process? So you are eight partners. Um, yeah. Most of you are based in Helsinki, but from what I understand, uh, two of them are based in, uh, in Sweden, right? Yes. Exactly. So six, six plus two. Yeah. Um, so how how do you gather? How do you discuss? Uh, how you how do you analyze uh, 
the deals uh, together? Um, mm -hmm. Do you have an advisory board uh, with uh, seasoned uh, investors, or mm -hmm. um, can you can you maybe uh, explain to us uh, no. how you, you 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 make up your decision when when you have an interesting uh, uh, investment opportunity? Yes, definitely. So as you mentioned, it's six plus two, two people in Sweden. So we have a lot of conference calls, um, lots of remote work in that sense. We have two major deal flow meetings a week with the whole team where we sit down and everybody brings the cases and the founders that they have met together, presents them to the team. So basically at this point, the, the cases that are being presented, they have already been The founders have been spoken to via phone or face-to-face. -face. And then the person that has met the team would present it to the rest of us. And then based on this brief presentation, we would decide that, okay, the first checkbox to tick are, is this a VC fundable case? So do we see that the market is large enough, large enough? And is the business idea, does it seem to be scalable so that a VC uh, should be looking at it? If that clicks, then yes. Then, then we focus on the investment scope. Is this a millennial venture? Is this something where we can provide concrete value add? And if that box takes as well, then we would be at, okay, okay, this is interesting for us. And we should assign a case team. So this one person that has brought the case in, Uh, we'll put together a case team, which usually consists of uh, two to three people who will then start digging deeper into the company itself, doing proper market analysis, company analysis, competitor analysis, legal due diligence, and everything around that to put together uh, an internal investment memo on whether we would like to proceed and with what terms. And then this case team would present this whole investment memo to our team internally, where we'd have a vote where we would have a straight yes, no vote on whether we want to proceed, or you can also answer conditionally that, okay, yes, we can proceed, but we need to see the company hire a new CEO, for example. Uh, and how we proceed on the votes is that we go for a majority if nobody has a really strong no. If nobody like objects the case very strongly, then it's a majority vote and we move forward. Um, you mentioned an advisory board and their role, and we have, a, we have an amazing advisory board built around us from Nordic, um, Nordic serial entrepreneurs, investors who are very fond of our projects and very willing to help us. So as we, we're very transparent on the fact that we are learning ourselves and we, we do not, we cannot know everything. So when we bump into a wall and need extra support, we always have a bunch of people that we can reach out to who have done this for a much longer time than us. And they will give us their two cents on the matter at hand. So they're always there to give their opinions and kind of feedback on our operations when we feel that we might need that. And that's a huge help to what we're doing. And it's amazing to be able to contact these high profile investors and individuals within the Nordic scene who are willing to contribute their time to, to helping us figure out uh, the art of BC. So we, you know, we very much like, go to them if we come into problems or things that we have not seen before and then they give their thoughts. But otherwise there is no like external decision-making organs. In the end, it's always, we take everybody's thoughts, put them together and see that how we feel based on our own considerations and any external comments and then make a decision within our team. You, you claim to be the largest uh, student-led uh, venture fund in the Nordics, right? Uh, because yeah. you have 1.5 million euro. Uh, is it uh, the capital that you have already deployed or does it include a dry powder that uh, you are yet to, to deploy in, um, in, in companies? either as a follow-on or uh, as new investment? It includes the dry powder as well. So we've been um, active close to three years now, and we have invested uh, quite a bit over half of our fund. So we still have quite some dry powder 
um, before we start planning what to do with the future. And you have uh, how many portfolio in your how many companies in your portfolio so far? We have 19 companies to date. The question now is uh, about your investors. So who is funding the fund actually? So 1.5 million yep. um, is quite, as you said, a, a big chunk compared to mm -hmm. other funds um, doing uh, having such a strategy to have a student leading uh, yep. the, 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 the investment. Some of them are uh, in the 300K to 500K up to yep. 700K. So you have uh, like a fivefold or twice uh, as much fund as, uh, uh, as the peer group. So mm -hmm. who is investing in, in your fund? Yeah. So we have a quite a broad base of limited partners. We have a total of 41 individual investors behind our fund and all of these are either in individuals who are themselves entrepreneurs exited entrepreneurs or investors um, like angel investors or represent other vcs who have contributed to our assets under management and then we also have a group of family offices as well who have um contributed to the fund as well and this unique model as you mentioned the other ones with with much um, smaller amounts of assets under management i think it's very unique to the community here in finland which made this possible with with the whole thriving ecosystem being very student run with these organizations that have managed to achieve quite great success such as slush uh one of the biggest tech conferences in the world or then junction uh, the biggest hackathon in europe um and and you see that people are willing to support and they want to see what students can make happen and that has enabled a very broad interest toward this fund and gained a pretty wide array of investors. So those investors uh, mostly don't have uh, the typical objective of doing uh, a return on investment, even though it's something that they would be very uh, uh, pleased to, to, to get, but they are mostly um, willing to help you raise your profile and get um, stronger knowledge on uh, the startup uh, ecosystem in the Nordics to um, to help the transition uh, to uh, to new investors and new entrepreneurs right is it, do they have mostly this kind of a long term uh, incentive to to raise the profile of uh, the nordic ecosystem rather than uh, focusing on the potential return on investment yeah there there are a few sides to that and i would say that definitely um we are probably not the number one fund that you're looking for returns from, even though that is our main goal as a VC, of course, to provide returns. But from an investor's perspective, like you mentioned, there, there is a very strong community aspect here uh, to, to nurture the ecosystem itself. Uh, and a relevant point to that is that we are a sister organization to Slush in the sense that our GP, um, the general partner of our fund, is the Startup Foundation. So the, sa the same organization that owns Slush is our general partner. So any profits that we make via carry, um, a certain slice that would normally go to the managing partners in our fund goes back to the Startup Foundation. And the Startup Foundation's mission is to put all money back into the startup ecosystem to help that develop. So in that sense, yes, definitely, there is a very strong uh, ecosystem development aspect in our operations. Right. Um, yeah, because the ecosystem in, Nord in the Nordics is uh, flourishing. And uh, uh, if we take the example of Sweden, if we do the ratio uh, unicorn by uh, number of uh, inhabitants, for, uh, inhabitants yeah. for instance, there is uh, one per uh, one million inhabitants in, uh, 
in Sweden, so it's very high as, as a ratio. Obviously, the basis is uh, is smaller as well. Uh, eight to nine million inhabitants in uh, Sweden is uh, is uh, obviously uh, it's a small country, but uh, mm -hmm. the ratio is quite high. Um, so the trend is. Uh, is is spread out across the Nordics. Um, what are the trends that you see? So you are focusing on the millennial stories, millennial investment opportunities. Yeah. But what are the current trends that you are, that you are um, uh, observing in, in the Nordics? Uh, where do you see uh, new trends? Where do you see maturing trends? Uh, where mm -hmm. do you see counter trends? Uh, can you maybe elaborate a bit uh, on it and uh, with maybe yeah. some examples of your portfolio companies? Yeah, yeah. Um, I would say. Focusing especially on millennial ventures, um, our generation is very concerned about the future. And there are a lot of visionaries who are looking for solutions, how to solve pressing issue, issues such as climate change. And if, if you look at what are the main main ways to solve climate change or what could like slow down the process of global warming, there are a lot of things being developed. For example, what we've been looking at, you have technologies within like carbon capture, removing carbon dioxide from the atmosphere. You have reducing methane emissions from cows, which is like a quick fix to there, there's two sides. There's a full transition away from meat and dairy products. And then there's also the side of people who are trying to solve uh, the current problem of excessive methane emissions from cows uh, by lowering those. And an example of a company tackling that problem is uh, both a green tech uh, from Stockholm in Sweden, which we invested in um, during the second half of this year. They are growing seaweed that is then induced into cow's feed And this seaweed creates a process when the cows digested in their stomach that it lowers their methane emissions by up to 80%. And, and this is like an example of that solution. Uh, what we actually back the team that are really strong team, strong visionaries with a lot of willpower to make it actually happen. And they've been working on that, for example. So uh, we also have a company called Carboculture in our portfolio that are uh, creating charcoal from bio waste so you have lots of companies um, kind of tackling these global emissions problems with global warming um, secondly another trend uh, that we see a lot in in like these millennial ventures side is companies building things around social media social e-commerce influencer marketing Um, we invested into a micro-influencer marketing platform at the beginning of this year um, that is like allowing advertisers to tap into all social media accounts to use for, for their advertising campaigns instead of working with just large influencers. Um, we very recently invested into a company called Favor that is developing a socially curated marketplace. Uh, so a marketplace based on influencer recommendations. So we, we see a lot of stuff developing in, in the field of social and the maturing market of influencer marketing in general as well. And in Finland, we have a strong focus on deep tech as well. So research companies creating very hard to understand solutions that we have also backed a few of. Um, for example, Surgify, that's uh, in our portfolio. They're making a bone drill that doesn't damage soft tissue. It was a university research project that spin off that we backed and very recently also backed a 3D nano imaging company called NanoJet. Um, 
But with you mentioned counter trends as well. And what I would say is that as with, with a millennial focus, we are starting to see maybe less and less of your typical B2B software companies and more of people trying to tackle large problems. And another example of a large problem, what we've seen a lot of is people trying to build solutions and cures for mental illness, uh, say depression and anxiety, which is a very alarming issue within our generation now. Um, and people are trying to build like preventative solutions, applications, um, cures for these and, and how we could make them more easily solved. There, there's a few that we see quite a lot of. Okay, understand. So from what you say, um, the, 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 the willingness to have an impact through the investments you are making mm -hmm. is growing actually uh, you were mentioning uh, micro influencers yeah. which may have less of an impact uh, yeah. uh, compared to uh, the swedish company which is producing uh, feed for cattle uh, yeah. through seaweeds um, so uh, there is this uh, growing tilt uh, to to have an impact uh, thanks to your portfolio right there is there is very much so and we very strongly feel as well that having an impact factor and a mission to somehow tackle a very pressing problem in the world will be strongly needed to be able to attract the hardest, I mean, the best talent. Uh, we, what we've noticed now with startups hiring is that the more ambitious your vision is and the more impact that the operations of your company has, the more interested top talent in the startup world are to actually partner with you and join your company and help you out so do you think it's something which is uh, very much peculiar to the nordics to to think beyond uh, what's just next so to think uh, uh, in the in, in the far-fetched future is it something which is very peculiar to uh, to uh, yeah to scandinavia and to and to finland because uh, from uh, my own experience at slush mm -hmm. uh, they are willing to um, to put forward uh, tech impact in tech and uh, it seems mm. like uh, uh, they are driving the scene uh, in the Nordics to, to, to have uh, the, the whole ecosystem uh, across uh, all those uh, countries uh, uh, up there to, uh, to, to be the leader uh, worldwide for, for impact investing. Is it something which uh, you confirm? Or? I, I, would, I would say based on my experience, I would confirm that. I feel that in the Nordics, uh, subjects such as impact investing are very much talked about and where, and there are a lot of people and like external the media is putting a lot of um, eyes on the industry as a whole and what their responsibilities are of supporting uh, impact ventures and where these companies are actually allocating their money. And I would say that you know, Nordics are a front runner in that scene as they are as well, especially when we look at venture capital in, in the discussions around diversity, which they're very much bringing it, bringing it up, where in other places I know it's not talked about yet that much, but the Nordics are acting as a front runner there as we're getting people to talk more about it, that where are venture capitalists actually allocating their money. So you were mentioning the, the strong ties that you have uh, with Alto University and with, uh, and with Slush, uh, obviously. Yeah. Uh, um, what would be um, to you um, the main criteria? Uh, what is needed mm. for an ecosystem to um, to to start, build, and grow uh, initiatives uh, such as yours, which is a student-run uh, venture fund? Say, so, like in in the very beginning, you need you need a framework that allows 
people to take these ambitious ideas and make them a reality. That's kind of where like all the entrepreneurship society started from. And what enabled it in the end was that then you have institutions such as all the university who realize that, okay, this is, this is probably going to be an important thing. Give a platform for our students interested in entrepreneurship to actually start doing their own thing. And they would then monetarily support that and, put put their own backing behind it, provide them with spaces to start working on things and have them allocate more time into doing it. So I would say that, that there needs to be a belief in innovation and also institutions need to work with these young talents who are wishing to start pushing new projects out there. Uh, they need to be willing to work with them and take certain risks uh, to make things happen as a whole. And what it comes down to in the end as well is, I would say, a general culture of innovation that in the end, a lot of people can talk about things, but it always takes one or two really driven individuals who take that idea and turn it into reality. So where do you see the trend go? Because uh, from what I understand, at Slush 2019, you were about uh, 10 to 15 Uh, different student-run uh, venture fund gathering uh, yeah. in uh, Helsinki from uh, Cornell in the US uh, to Dakota Venture Group. Uh, we met uh, with Conrad, by the way, at, uh, at Slush and we had uh, the, the opportunity to, to, to have a talk with him. But you met also with uh, Asif in, um, mm -hmm. in uh, the Netherlands uh, with another fund from uh, Israel. So yeah. where do you see the trend go? Uh, where do you see... Uh, Uh, funds uh, popping up uh, such as yours uh, elsewhere um, and how do you try to build if you are doing so uh, a broader community of uh, student investors uh, globally what's uh, what's your take on this uh, with what purpose yeah so the global student-run vc meetup that we arranged prior to slush was amazing it was the first time that most of the student-run funds around the world were gathered under the same roof and the whole idea behind that kind of consolidating the student run VC field was to um, be able to get everyone together because we know that everybody is working with slightly different operating models to be able to share our learnings, best practices as everybody is still kind of developing their models. Nothing is set in stone. You can always take good ways of working from other funds and, and understand that, hey, maybe I could implement that into our operations, that, hey, how does ASIF make decisions? How does Dakota Venture Group make decisions? How have they been able to build their alumni board to be as strong as it actually is? And we can learn a lot from that um, ourselves. And that's why we kind of wanted to take lead on the initiative of getting everybody together to build a strong community that student-run VCs would cooperate because there is power in people, there's power in groups. And when you get everybody working within the same industry to um, um, share their knowledge, then you learn so much more than from that group that you're always sitting in because everybody is working in different uh Well, industries focusing on different industries um, in different geographical locations. So there's a lot to learn from each other. And what I would say where I see the whole student-run investment scene going to from this point forward, I say it's, it's developing at a fast pace because we're starting to have quite a few of these initiatives and people are starting to see that, hey, they're actually making pretty good investments and they're tapping into a sector in the field of VC, which is kind of uh, may maybe a white space in a way that we're, we're not an angel investor because we're a fund. We have certain 
uh, fiduciary duties to our LPs. We have the fund processes, but we're not also a very large VC with the levels within the fund. We're operating somewhere in between and providing companies with very different perspectives. So people are starting to see that there, there is a place for student-run funds and the investments are pretty differentiated from what other investors make. So I feel that this trend will grow uh, also for the reason that it is such a great place for students to learn about entrepreneurship and take that step into being an entrepreneur or an investor wherever they want to go after their tenure at a student-run fund. Uh, it, It has very positive impacts for the ecosystems as a whole. So I see very positive developments in that field. Um, so how long are you going to stay uh, at the fund? Uh, how many uh, years are left in your tenure? Yeah, at Wave, um, our team transitions about in about two to three years time per management team. So I've been with Wave now for a bit over a year and I will be here for uh, one more year. That's like the estimate. You will graduate as well in, in one year time. Yeah, about that time, yeah. All right. And what uh, do you want to do next when, you, when you're going to graduate? Do you want to be an operator, an, an entrepreneur, or do you want to, to, um, to, to, to have more of an investor, uh, let's say, uh, uh, full-time experience uh, as, as at a larger firm? Yeah. For me, I'm very entrepreneurial-minded, and I feel that the logical next step for me to keep my learning curve as steep as it is, as it is, is to take the learnings that I have got from working with other founders and hop into my own company full time and start as an operator to actually build something myself and get that hands-on experience of, okay, now I've been like giving advice and seeing from the outside on how a company works. Now I want to do it myself and, and get that experience of actually building a team, starting a company, scaling that company, raising funding. So that's, a, that's the next step for me, uh, 100%. And that, that's actually one whole point that's very interesting in the Suran model because we have like a person team, as I mentioned, and everybody has different ambitions for what they're going to do afterwards, but everything is very strongly related to the experience and learnings that they have gathered from WAVE. So it's amazing to see that the learnings that we get from here, the experience can be taken to so many different places. Excellent. Okay, so that was a great talk. Uh, thank you very much, Oscari, for uh, accepting to, to be on the show today. Um, thank you. We wish you all the best for uh, the next uh, investment opportunity that you're going to screen and going to support as well uh, with capital and with uh, operational uh, uh, let's say experience. Let's hope that uh, the Nordics will uh, continue to grow and lead the Uh, lead the, the globe, I would say, with uh, that particular uh, willingness to, to have an impact on, uh, on technology. Definitely. Have a great day, Oscar, and talk to you soon. Thanks for having me. Appreciate it.